1: If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
2: Welcome to the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond. And in the show, we love to give a little bit of spiritual direction for you, our spiritual directing priests are available to you for the hour to come around selected topics that will help us grow in our faith. And uh, that is a show that is, I think that's a great idea for a show, and I'm privileged to be able to sit in for Josh Raymond today. Uh, You may hear me from time to time here on this show and also on the morning news and a couple of times on Trending with Timmery later on in the day as well. Um, So I'm grateful for all the fill-in time that I've been getting on Relevant Radio, and glad, grateful even more that you have tuned in to listen to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. As today we're talking about outreach to the poor. Outreach to the poor. What has been your experience in outreach to the poor? But uh, yeah, we'll get more into questions for the listeners in just a moment. Just a reflection from my own life. I've had um, of course, even before I became Catholic, which was eleven years ago now, there was a, there was a distinct impression in my mind and heart as I sought to follow after Jesus that yes, uh, yes, we are meant to we're meant to follow, we're meant to give to the poor. We're meant to uh, in many ways become poor ourselves, if not financially, then certainly poor in spirit that we might be blessed uh, as he teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we're going to investigate this in the show today. We're going to look at different ways of serving the poor and how, I, how might we fulfill the Lord's commandment um, to look after those who are poor and to, as we see in Matthew 25, make sure that we're lumped in with the sheep and not the goats, right? And to uh, to whatever we do to the least... Of these brethren of mine, you do unto the Lord, unto Jesus Himself. Joining us for our spiritual director is again Father Eric Nielsen, pastor of the Saint Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of University of Wisconsin Madison. Father Eric has been the pastor of Saint Paul's since 2006 and a priest of the Diocese of Madison since 1995. Father Nielsen, good to be on the program with you yet again.
3: Yeah, hello, Patrick. It's great to be here. It's a beautiful kind of um, overcast day here in Wisconsin, but the leaves are turning color and. So- great time to be alive.
2: It is, it is. I've uh, I've I've said uh, on, uh, I don't know if I've said it on this show before, but October is definitely, if not my favorite month, it's definitely one of my favorite months. Um, and it sounds like it's a good October day uh, there in Madison environments. Well, we're grateful to have you as our spiritual director. Let's kick things off, Father, with a question for you. Um, in the Catechism, uh, in paragraph 2443, and to be precise, Uh, The catechism talks about outreach to the poor being at the heart of the church, that it is really um, one of the things that there is something that that, uh, the church basically, the church's heart beats with outreach to the poor. Um, And as I've already made reference to, it's by what they have done for the poor, the catechism says that Jesus Christ will recognize his chosen ones. Maybe give us an idea of why. Why would care for the poor be so close to the heart of the church?
3: You know, that's a great question. And I'll just um, bring up two little examples that I think might illustrate it, a little bit or two um, explanations. First of all, when Paul, you know, he has that big conversion on his way to Damascus, Mm -hmm. and he becomes a Christian. And he's been given kind of this mission directly from our Lord Jesus to spread the gospel, but he realizes that you know he can't do this in a vacuum, and he needs to um, kind of confer with the other apostles. And he goes to talk to them, and you know he goes there to make sure that what he, the preaching that he's doing, is not done in vain. That he's you know he's really building on a solid foundation, and because he's working with Gentiles who you know they're not circumcised, they're not part of the Jewish. Um, tradition, you know, he's he's going out, he's got the, the mission to the Gentiles, and he's maybe a little nervous about this, so he goes and he talks to the apostles, and uh, the apostles say, great, you know, keep doing what you're doing, um, just, you know, abstain, I think, from animals, um, from the blood of animals, and be mindful of the poor, and Paul says, which was the one thing we were being very careful to do. So you see this man, you know, St. Paul, that gets this, you know, direct illumination from Jesus himself on his way to Damascus, and with that comes this this desire to be very mindful of the poor. Then the other thing that I want to point out is, um, you know, a life of service. It always stri- strikes me that, you know, in the early church, we have this little difficulty because the Greek-speaking widows and the Hebrew-speaking widows are being treated differently. All right. And the apostles have to, you know, come to, you know, figure this out. And then they kind of said, you know, we, you know, we're using all of our time serving at table, and you know, that's we should really be spending more time ministering to the word. So they appoint seven deacons, and it just strikes one to think, you know, these are the apostles; these are the men that the church is founded on, and they're serving tables. They're they're waiting on the tables. So the the seven guys that you know founder of the church. It'd be like if you went to Rome and, you know, the cardinals were there and, and they're just you know serving tables and washing people's feet. So there j- must have been just an unbelievable impression that Jesus gave to these men about, you know, service to others, that when he said, I have come not as one who is served, but one who serves. That this makes a really deep impression on them. Mm-hmm. And we just had a young woman who just converted to the faith, Catholic faith, and um, she'd actually been in kind of a you know, pagan worship for a while, and she, when she be when she she had illumination by Jesus that she should be Christian. So she picks up a Bible, and she just starts reading the New Testament. And she read the New Testament. She joined the first Protestant church she could join. You know, nothing against Protestants; or, you know, worshiping Jesus just like we are. But when she got there, they said, "I just realized they weren't talking about service." It was faith alone. It wasn't faith and works, and that just wasn't the scripture that I had read. Hmm. And so if we take an honest look at scripture to what Jesus did and what the apostles did, you know, we have this obligation to put our faith into action. You know, without action, our faith is dead. And we have to serve. And whenever you serve somebody, you're serving somebody that has something that they need that they do not have. Hmm. And the poor, then, is anybody that we encounter that has something that we have that they need. And that's that's a daily obligation that you have as a Christian, that whatever you have that somebody else needs and doesn't have, you have an obligation to give them.
2: Right, right. Well, that a—it's uh, it, an excellent rolling into our topic today as we're speaking here on the inner life about outright outreach to the poor, and I thank you for, uh, yeah, for those two scriptural allusions and and then a great story as well uh, in where we get the idea that outreach to the poor is, yep, yeah, pretty centrally important here as well. Um, we've already talked about a couple times we've thrown out there that, uh, yep, the Jesus himself identifies with those who are uh, in need and those who are the least, quote-unquote, the least of my of my brothers and sisters, and that as we tend to their needs, we are tending to his needs as well. Something that uh, I would love to get some calls about, we'd love to feature on the show today. If you were ever, I'm, I'm assuming we have many of you who have done outreach to and with the poor, um, but if you were ever in a time of need, if you were on the receiving end of that If someone helped you, whether you were in need of money, of uh, friendship, perhaps companionship, uh, perhaps it was a poverty of relationship, or shelter, for example, if you really had nowhere to go, no place to lie your head, what was that experience like when someone came and helped you? How did how did you encounter the care of God through someone else? Love to hear from you. Our, our phone number here at the Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, or send us an email. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. So I'll throw that out as an introductory question, and and uh, we'd love to hear from you if you've received uh, some care. Well, Father, as we're as we're seeing Jesus himself identifying with the poor, can you extrapolate on that a little bit further for us and help us to understand um, why? Why would the Lord choose the poor specifically uh, to identify with in such an intimate way?
3: Well, I think when we look at poverty, it's, um, you know, Saint, we always think of St. Francis, right? In, in sure. And his... Um, you know, desire for poverty. And when you look at St. At, um, Francis, he rarely actually speaks about material poverty. The poverty is he's always talking about is poverty of spirit. Mm. And those are usually, they usually go together. They don't have to. You know, I mean, you can be, you know, poor materially and still be very proud and, and think great things about yourself. Mm. But in order for Jesus to enter into somebody's heart and enter into life, they have to have a poverty of spirit have to realize that they're not, they're not God, that, you know, we rely on God for everything that um, we have. And when I look at myself, I see myself as impoverished. I see myself as needing and wantful. Well, then Jesus can help that person. He can fill that person because they, they come to him in need. Um, those with money generally feel that they're self-sufficient and they've got everything. You know, they're strong. And you know I don't need a savior. You know if I'm if I'm good and happy, you know why do I need a savior? It's kind of like you know it's like if you're a teacher and you half the class thought they knew everything. Well, I don't. Why should I reach out to you? You guys are smart. You know everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach this little kid over here that doesn't know anything and wants me to teach him. Mm-hmm. And so our our Lord reaches out to the humble and those in need. And so that's the poverty that our Lord is you know moving out towards. Mm-hmm. And, in a certain sense he gives a, gives us that same admonition, and plus two, just as god is is generous, you know he is he reaches out from himself and gives good things, and we're in the image and likeness of God, and so we, we are called in a certain sense to do the same thing, and so that's in, we see that in material poverty, you know people are hungry and thirsty, need of clothes, but we also see that in intellectual poverty, you know people who are need to be instructed, you know, admonition. Especially all, all are you out there who are kind of retired, maybe, and just have this whole wealth of knowledge. To keep that knowledge to yourself is, is, in a certain sense, a little bit of lazy selfishness. Hmm. You know, there's a there's a generation of young people that that are that are impoverished that need that knowledge. They need that instruction. And so, as people that have, we should always kind of look out for people that uh, are in need. So yeah. Jesus came down to earth because we were in need,
2: right? Yeah. Right, right. And there is, uh, you talked about uh, the poverty of spirit, and there is a connection though, isn't there, Father? With, with I mean, it's, it's poverty is the term that's used in both material poverty and also poverty of spirit and, and uh, intellectual poverty, as you brought up as well. There might be all sorts of types of poverty, and it seems to me that even a material poverty, a poverty of material things can reveal to us... All of the needs that the human being has, Um, you know, it might be more obvious when we come across somebody who does not have uh, money to buy food, does not have shelter, does not have adequate clothing, does not have adequate, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on in terms of material poverty, what that could be. And that seems to be relatively obvious in some cases, at least, and perhaps in many cases. But there's, the poverty of spirit can sometimes be hidden, uh, so to speak. You can, it's sometimes a little bit uh, tougher to recognize when there's poverty of spirit, but no less important um, when it comes to tending to those poverties, as you've said, right?
3: Yeah, especially here in the United States. I think Mother Teresa pointed that out when she came to the United States, and she said you know, the greatest poverty that she saw was in America. And it wasn't because of material poverty, obviously. She just saw that poverty of spirit, the loneliness that exists in American culture. Mm-hmm. And so her big thing is if, if you want to treat the poor, just reach out to your neighbor in love who just needs affection. Right. Um, you know, that was the poverty that Our Lady saw. And I think that's true in our country. It's hard for us to deal with poverty here because there's just so much. And because of our Calvinistic roots, we still have a great prejudice that if you don't have money, it's your fault. there's something that you did wrong. And and even then, if you don't have money, nobody I know is starving in the United States. I mean, we talk about hunger all the time, but I'm I'm sure it exists, you know, but it's it's, it's hard to see because, you know, food is at least right now readily available and people have clothes. Um, You know, I go up and down State Street every day and there are, you know, homeless men sleeping on the streets and you become acquainted with them and you know them and you realize that their poverty is not really material poverty you know their poverty is their you know their their addictions or their loneliness their um inability to integrate into the into society Mm. you know that that's their that's their poverty Mm
2: -hmm. right well excellent and uh I I will throw out another question for our listeners too. I mean, in addition to, I'd still love to hear any stories that you might have if you were in a place of need and someone came and and saw to your poverty. And perhaps, as we've been talking about, perhaps it wasn't a material poverty. Uh, Maybe it was a spiritual poverty or an intellectual poverty or some other form of poverty that someone came and ministered to you in that. And what was that like? What was that experience like? But I'll throw out another one too. Um, Where in your life have you... Have you really been touched by the plight of the poor, by the need of the poor, and how did that prompt you to respond? We'd love to hear that story, too. Our, our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888 914 914 9149 Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And I think we're going to take a little bit of a break, but we're going to be right back with more of Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director, as well as your phone calls. So call in and stay with us. We'll be right back. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line for information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans. Visit relevantradio.com/forester.
1: If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help call now one 914 9149 that's one 914 9149 or email us innerlife at relevant this is the inner life on relevant radio
2: Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond. Today we're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, from the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin-Madison, about outreach to the poor. And we're talking about how the question I threw out just before the break was, where have you encountered the poor, the plight of the poor? That had a real impact on you and uh, maybe changed your way of thinking, maybe motivated you to do some sort of of outreach of maybe it was it motivated you to pray, to pray more specifically for the poor. I can give you an example just out of my own life. I was um, my wife and I were out in the Los Angeles region. And uh, it was coming up on our fifth anniversary, so this would have been in 2004, and we we decided that uh, we were going to go out for a, a nice dinner, a nice uh, dinner together for our anniversary, and not knowing the area at all, we did what you would do in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis-St. Paul, which is where we then lived, so we headed in towards downtown, towards the center of the city. Well, for those of you who are in the Los Angeles area, you know what happens at night in Los Angeles. And so we found ourselves driving on almost deserted streets of, well, they were deserted of cars anyway. But the sidewalks were filled with people, um, people who were uh, bedding down for the night on the street. And uh, it was just, it was such a a profound, well, a, a profound encounter with um, with poverty, but also with our Lord, uh, it really moved us in our hearts. We didn't feel unsafe. We we um, in fact, if anything, it was not unlike um, it was not wholly unlike walking into a holy place. Um, but uh, definitely surrounded by needs. It, it was, and and the need of uh, of humanity surrounding us. So that's just a little story from my own life. Um, Father Eric, you got anything? Anything that you specifically that you have encountered the poor in some pretty significant ways?
3: Well, I, you know, I live close to State Street. And um, yeah, you did had a small, mm-hmm. small homeless problem. I mean, it's not like, it's not L.A. by any stretch of the imagination, uh-huh. you know, but um, plus I think, you know, the the winners tend to kind of, you know, drag people away. Mm. But, um, you know, so we just, you know, every once in a while we just have to put a guy up in the, you know, our, in our bedroom for a while or, you know, give him a, give him a couch in a living room or, you know, in the new student center we built a couple uh, showers down in the basement so we can, you know, bring people over to uh, have them use the showers, and you know you just you just encounter people and and there they are, and you have to deal with the issue that they have before you and so it just depends on the person sometimes they're just hustling for drugs, but um oftentimes you know there's just a real real need that they have and and uh you have to try to take care of it plus, I think you know I kind of learned this from my father um sometimes we we look at people that are just you know obviously like you know people that are living on the streets or whatever but I think generally everybody's got a stable income and a stable home life mm-hmm. um, is meant to have one person in their life that they just kind of need to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that doesn't have family or, you know, their income's a little, or maybe they've got a little psychological issue that prevents them from really, you know, having a well-balanced life. And, you know, we should all have somebody like that in our life that um, we're trying to help out and take care of it just becomes a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And so in a certain sense, I think that's one of the more important things mm-hmm. that we just don't try to insulate our life and make our life just always very convenient for us. But we always have somebody that's just just kind of
2: is inopportune, you know, with their needs and the help that we have to give them. Right. And that actually brings up a huge topic. Let me, uh, actually before we get into that though, let me throw out my question once again for listeners. Um, was there a time and a place when you encountered the plight of poverty and what kind of an effect did that have on you? Did you make any changes in your own life as a result of it? Um, tell us the story. We'd love to hear your story. Give us a call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-914-9. And uh, Father, what... What I find myself thinking when I hear you bringing up, you know, the, that uh, as you said, we're sometimes confronted with that, with that plight, with the need of another at an inopportune time, and it can throw us off. It can, uh, it can seem to us to be more of an interruption um, and, uh, and an annoyance, if anything else. So there's lots of, I mean, we kind of come face to face with our own, the way that society has come to shape us. And another way is that uh, just this understanding of, you know, what, what I make with my money or what I make with my job, that's my money. You know, that's, that's mine. And yet, uh, to go back to the catechism, catechism says that love for the poor is even one of the motives for the duty of working so as to be able to give to those in need. How does the Church's teaching maybe challenge us to look at our own resources in a different light?
3: Yeah, you know, that was actually my homily just this uh, last Sunday with the rich young man.
2: Right, yeah. And
3: I just wanted to make that that point, too, if I could, that, you know, most people, you know, the classic thing is most people are dragged to hell through sins of the flesh, which is probably true. I'm not going to argue that. They're easy sins to fall into, and they do drag us away from Jesus. But it's been my experience that sins of the flesh are pretty, you you can recant from those and repent and and overcome them. But once we become attached to money, it really hardens our hearts, and it really turns us away from God, and I think it's very difficult to repent from that. The Pharisees were lovers of money, and they had a very hard time following Christ, but the prostitutes, you know, they, they, they were fine. So um, I guess the tax collectors love money, too. So there, there, there's your example of those who love money and repent it. Hmm. But we just really have to let go of this idea that I need more money and this money is mine. No, it's money in a certain sense that was lent to you by God for you to use in a good way. Hmm. So, yeah, it is mine to use, but we must use it for good. And whatever money you have, just see this as an opportunity to give to others with that money, and that will bring you a great reward in heaven and um great joy, so just start and giving money and you know I run a student center, and so I have to ask people for money in order to run it because the students don't give me anything <laughs> sure. but um to, to have money and and to give it away is is an obligation because you want to give it to in ways that'll work and and help the world, so it's not that you just can you know just throw your money out on the street, no, you have an obligation to Use that money in a positive way and to give to people in need. And if I could just make one little thing of that, I think a great way to do that is when you hire people that do laborers, labor for you. You know, whether they're carpenters or whether they're um, landscapers or just your housekeeper. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be afraid to give them a, a decent salary. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't try to always, you know, get the cheapest rate that you can. You know, if you have the money, pay people well for for what they do. Um, you know, the day laborer deserves his wages, as it says in Scripture. Right. So, yeah, yeah I think you make a great point, you know, that our, our money is not exclusively ours. It's given to us by God because of the talents that he gave us to obtain it, and we owe it to, um, to, to use it in a good ways and in service to the poor.
2: Right. What do we have that is not a gift, right? Yeah, so um, maybe that's another great question for our listeners. Uh, what are some of the ways that you have been— move to use your own resources in ways that assist those who are in need, or those who lack resources that you have to give. Um, we'd love to hear your stories as well. So uh, give us a call, triple eight, nine, one, four, nine, one, four, nine. Again, triple eight, nine, one, four, nine, one, four, nine. Father Eric, let's take a phone call. Now we've got Brian, who's calling in from North Prairie, Wisconsin. Brian, welcome to the inner life.
4: Hi. Um, this is just a, something that happened to me. Um, it was in February, and in the Milwaukee area, we've got uh, McCannon, Homeless Shelter. And she brought out a client with her, and she was appealing for money and donations. And he didn't have a uh, winter coat on. It was the middle of February. He had, you know, just jeans on. And I looked over him, and my wife looked at me, and she saw me looking at him. She knew what I was going to do. <laughs> he was the same size as me. He was a large tall. And on the way out, I gave him my hat and coats and gloves and I just I just always tell people just to listen to your heart and whatever you see if the something's telling you to do it, do it. I mean always, always, always.
3: Yeah, thank you very much Brian for that story. That's exactly the way um the way it's supposed to work. You know, we, we, we follow our hearts and hopefully we have soft hearts that um are touched and melt when we when we see the needs of others. Um, It can be somewhat difficult when other people are expecting us, and we're going to say no to them to say yes to somebody else. And I think that's when, at least, that's when it's difficult for me. You know, when I, when somebody approaches me that needs my time, and I know that if I give it to this person, it means it's going to mean saying no to these other people. It can, it can be a hard choice to make. And we need to pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit to really discern well and to have that impulse that. If we do make the right decision. You know, just another story of Mother Teresa, I remember there was like a room full of, you know, 10,000 people waiting for her to give a talk or a 1,000, whatever it was. And, you know, she showed up a half hour late. I think this was, you know, somewhere in India. She was a half hour late and, you know, people were a little agitated that she was late. It was some sort of benefit dinner. And she said, well, when I came here, I saw somebody dying on um, in the street in front of the building so i held the person until he died you know and then then she came into the building so you know i just look at that if that was me and i saw somebody i'd be thinking to myself "Well, I, these people are waiting for me you know i can't take care of you i'm sorry you know somebody else has to do it who who, who doesn't doesn't have the pressing needs that i have you know with mother Teresa and her great love and you know and her docility of the Holy Spirit knew what the right thing was to do right there was just to let these other people wait while she took care of that person's immediate needs. Mm. So that's you know, that takes grace, that takes love of the Eucharist and the sacraments, that takes a life of prayer, and that takes a non attachment to our own pleasures and our own needs in order to have that spirit. So, you know, we're we're talking about spiritual perfection there. Mm. In order to be able to have that ability. But that's what we're all striving for in the spiritual life. And if it doesn't show up, then there's something wrong with our spiritual life.
2: Mm-hmm. Brian, if I may, uh, while, while you still got you on the line, I just quick question follow up, following up with you. Any regrets? Any regrets to giving away your coat and your hat and your gloves?
4: That was my favorite coat. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> you know, couldn't find another one just like it, but I love that coat.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, you know, I... I don't know why I ask you that. It just felt like the right question to ask. But you know what? And and although I have to be honest, I was expecting, no, none at all. It was the greatest thing ever. But you know what? That shows the element of sacrifice that is that is given. That uh, Which, I mean, sacrifice seems part and parcel to our practicing our Catholic faith, right? So... God bless you, Brian. God bless you for giving away your favorite coat. And uh, and maybe that you haven't found another one just as, as good as that one. Maybe that's part of the plan of the Lord as well. <laughs> thank you, Brian. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for sharing that story. And thank you for your generosity yep. to thank, someone who needed it.
4: Thank you. God bless.
2: Yeah, God bless. Great. Well, uh, let's go from Brian in North Prairie, Wisconsin, over to Matt, who's calling in uh, next door in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Matt, welcome to The Inner Life.
5: Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning I th- I thought that I would share just real quick. Uh, you know, the, There's little opportunities that pop up in our lives to help out people when we don't expect the amount of impact we can have. I grew up in a family that was in very low poverty, and we would go to the checkout line at the grocery store every once in a while, and every once in a while a Good Samaritan would pop up and pay for our groceries unexpectedly, and it would happen to be on a day where my mom maybe didn't have the money to pay for it. And so, as an adult, I, I looked for these opportunities, and a few years ago, I was in mine at a, a local uh, retail store, and there was a woman in front of me who uh, was buying a bunch of toys in the middle of summer. Everything had a clearance tag on it. She looked a little a little broken down and disheveled, and my wife and I didn't have much money at the time, but she looked like she just needed us to offer some help, and so we, we said, you know, we'd like to pay for this for you, and she just broke down crying, and um, asked if she could give us a course. And she said, I just want to share with you, I, just this last week, my husband was serving in Afghanistan and died. And I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have no idea how I'm going to pay for Christmas for my little girls. And even though it's summertime, she was buying the toys for her kids' Christmas with the money that she had available then. And it was just a moment for us to remind us that even though for us, it was 50 or or $100 that for this woman that act of kindness in that moment meant a lot more than just the money or or the uh the toys for her kids it was about recognizing that she wasn't alone and that there was a community that was there for her
3: yeah that's beautiful and was it was it, was it that much money for you
5: for for us it felt like more than we should have spent at the time um but it just it was just a moment, my wife and I both looked at each other and both nodded, and, and we knew that we were going to help out.
3: That's a beautiful story. You know, a lot of times, too, when we help out, we, um, you know, obviously it's, it's kind of trite, but, you know, we get more out of it than the person that we helped. So our, our hearts are made bigger, and in, in the end, we don't really miss whatever it is that we gave away. Even if it was our favorite quote, you know, we,
2: we, we're okay. Hmm. Yes. And Matt, I'm, I'm uh, touched by your story as well. You and Brian both give uh, great examples of how the sacrifice of giving from our own resources. I mean, it, it brings to mind the, the widow's mite, right? We, we come in um, and when we really give from our, not from our abundance, but from our poverty. Um, the Lord takes notice of that, and that's something that's uh, that's striking. so I, I'm grateful for your call. I'm grateful for Brian's call that has underscored that. We're talking today on the inner life about outreach to the poor uh, and uh, yeah sharing our resources with those in need. And our spiritual director today is Father Eric Nielsen from the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of University of Wisconsin, Madison. I think we're going to take another short break, but if you have a story about some way that you have received help from someone else in a time of need or in a way that you have contributed to someone else's needs and helped them meet the needs that they have, give us a call, share your story, 888 9149 914 9149 And we'll be back right after this.
1: Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
2: Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. In for Josh Raymond today, I'd like to thank Nick Sentevich, our producer, and Jim Schaefer, who's taking your phone calls today. It really is a team effort, as is this whole human life thing. And those who need help in this team effort are the ones that we're focusing on today here on The Inner Life. How do we reach out in, to those who are in need, specifically to the poor? And our spiritual director today is Father Eric Nielsen. And Father, um, just to kick off this uh, last segment of the show, maybe give us some ideas of what, what do you think keeps us from reaching out to the poor?
3: I think what keeps us reaching out for the poor, first of all, is our kind of American idea that our life is meant to be comfortable um, and is meant to um, be safe and secure. You know, we orientate our life towards those things. And then once I've set up, you know, my little castle and my security of everything that I need, then perhaps, you know, I, I should go out and look towards other people. And I think we, we want to let go of that understanding and rely a little bit more on God's divine providence and grace and realize you no know, our primary objective is really to do good in the world that we're capable of doing. And you know, kind of let down our God guard and trust in our Lord's divine providence a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you know that's what I see you know with this, that that general movement towards comfort and self-reliance. And hopefully our prayer is pulling us out of that. You know, if we're really getting in touch with the Eucharist, if we're really in Eucharistic adoration, we're praying our rosary well and going to Mass well, you know, our our guards should start to come down, and we should really start to look out into the world to see what the world needs. But so often our prayer can often just, again, be just a type of um, kind of self-gratification, and we need to try to push out of that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not an easy thing either. But um, uh, well, you know, actually wading into the water of sharing our resources with those in need—that um, can really. That, taking that first step can go a long way. I think. Let's um, let's actually talk with Nick, who's calling in from Frankfort, Illinois. Let's take him and his phone call. Nick, welcome to the Inner Life.
0: Uh, thanks for taking my call. It's a pleasure to be on with both of you. And as Father just said, uh, I'll iterate it. It's. That, that prayer life that leads us to that, especially in adoration, when our Lord comes in, in his emptiness and his lowliness in the form of bread, that, that we should be able to identify and see, the lowly our, see Christ in the lowly in our lives and so readily give. Um, I uh, had a mentor who brought me to Christ. He led to my conversion, my lifelong conversion, and he called me out of the blue after I got married. We, we didn't stay as close as we were before I was married but uh, he had a situation where I, that I didn't know about until he called me, and he asked me for $1,500. And this was a well-off man, and it ended up that he, was, he put all his eggs in one basket, and he was, he was waiting for the, the, the payoff of a big investment, which ended up being a Ponzi scheme. And I found that out after he gave me the call, and I said, well, where am I going to get this money? He thought that I was doing well, and it was right at a transition time in my life. And I didn't, I didn't have, I, through pride, I didn't want to tell him that. But what happened was I went to the mail at my office and I got a little over $1,500 from clients that I was not expecting. I told my wife, I said, I got to give this to Pete. <laughs> so I did do that. And the next week when I got to the office, on my diary was new business from clients that I had never expected, which was double what I ended up giving him. I, I, the Lord will never get outdone in generosity, and, and we, when we're on the spot to give for somebody like that, it doesn't matter what we need. They're in more need at the moment because they have to come out and ask us, and when we give, we get more, more in return. The Lord will never let us down.
3: Yeah, that's a great story. And that uh, I've, I've heard that from a number of people, that they were asked for um, $20,000, whatever the case may be, and, and they did it, and then the next day they... It, a forty thousand dollar um you know sale or whatever the case may be and obviously that's not going to happen all the time and that we don't give ten thousand dollars away so we can get twenty thousand dollars the next day in the mail but that is that is given to you and to other people by god just to show that he's watching that he's listening that he cares for everybody and that he can give to whom he wishes to give to and that it should impel us more to, to trust a little bit more and from our heart that we should give to those that ask which is exactly what our lord said you know give to those who ask from you now that doesn't mean you always give it because sometimes giving them money is it doesn't help them it's not really what they need um in fact it might just be enabling them to do further evil but um for the most part you know we can figure that out and give to those in need hmm.
2: yeah father that uh, that rule of you know that you get more we've encountered that and as you already said last Sunday's gospel reading of that uh, those who have given away all these things will receive more in this age and the persecutions that come with them as well as in the age to come eternal life and it's right out of the parable of the talents too right it's a uh, you know you've been faithful with little come be faithful with much you know and so it's just it's showing our attentiveness to god so and his leading in our life nick thank you so much for that Uh, thanks for that story thanks for your generosity towards the poor let's go from nick to audrey who's calling in from naperville illinois audrey welcome to the inner life
6: let me turn the radio down surprise surprise um (laughs) thank you for taking my call and for your ministry yeah my story's pretty simple uh, in short, <clears throat> uh, many years ago, I told the fellow that screened me, I told him 20, it's probably more like 40 years ago, uh, my husband came home from work one day, middle of the day, and I had a house full of women we had, were celebrating someone's birthday, Anyway, he walked in the door, and I thought, what is he doing here, walks in, Goes in and he went upstairs to his office. And when they left, she said he lost his job that day. And this was like trauma. Plus, we had six kids and we're kind of, you know, scraping by, but doing doing okay. Um, the uh, gal, a couple of whom had called after, said, Is everything all right? And I said, What had happened to him? He had lost his job. And um, didn't say anything more. I said, He'll find another one and we'll move on. that business anyway, uh, the following day in the mailbox, not with a stamp on it, just in an envelope, was uh, close to $200 worth of gift cards to the local Hmm. Jewel. No card, no nothing. Uh, But I knew that it was from probably the group or if they reached out to others just to give us that um, little boost. So that was a real blessing. And I've done that since. It's uh, just an anonymous Wonderful way to share what God has given us with others. That's my
3: story. One. Yeah, very good, very good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's um, you know plus two, and we receive gifts from others. It makes us more generous too, as ourselves. So, and we've all had people like that in our lives at one point or the other. That came out of nowhere, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. So all of our listeners out there, just even right now, just you know what what's inspiring you right now? What could you do for somebody? You know, just think about that, and you know that—that's the world we want to live in.
2: Yeah, absolutely right. Motivated to um, share the love of the Lord with somebody else, and sometimes, yes, that is through our the giving of our of our material resources as well. So, Audrey, great, uh, great story, and I'm glad that somebody took the time and the effort and gave of their own resources so that you and your family could be taken care of and that that would spur you on then to, to follow in their footsteps. So thank you for the call. Let's go from Audrey to Lisa, who's calling in from Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Lisa, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. Hi
7: um so my story is kind of um, kind of quick also, um, so um, uh, when I was twenty years old, I was a single mom and I had a brand new baby, and I didn't have a car, but I had um, previously had a car, and I had tickets that I hadn't paid and so I finally got the money together and I was on assistance and everything. I finally got the money together. I rode the bus with my brand new baby down to the courthouse to go pay for everything, and I' get there, and I didn't have enough, mm-hmm. and the lady says. And I well what do I do? And she says, Well we're gonna have to arrest you. There's arrest warrants for you. Mm-hmm. And I here I am with brand new baby. And the guy behind me um, paid for the rest of my tickets.
3: Oh so. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, wow, so you know, brave. that
7: kind of you know, that's that was, you know, I didn't get arrested, Because so, well, what am I gonna do with my baby,
2: you know? <laughs> so <laughs> What kind of an so. effect did that have on you, Lisa?
7: Um, Oh, I cried, you know, and I was just, you know, moved that someone was so kind to do that, Hmm. you know, because I didn't have a lot of family, didn't have a lot of help, you know, not a lot of money there. They would have just taken my baby. So.
2: Did he remain anonymous or did you uh, did you actually find out who he was or what his situation was?
7: Uh. I, I didn't, um, I don't know, he was like a nicely dressed, business-looking kind of guy, and you know, this was 20-something years ago, and I was really young, and I was just so shocked that, you know, oh my gosh, they're going to arrest me, you know, that it was kind of a blur, um, and you know, and I just, you know, cried and said thank you, and and then, uh, you know, and left, and you know, was quite moved, so, you nice. know. Nice. So anyway, and then I also saw I was also a pharmacy tech for a while and at a like a large chain retail pharmacy. And um, there's a lot of times when people can't afford their medication and someone behind them will end up helping pay for it. And I saw that often. So, mm.
3: so there's a lot of good Christian charity out there. We just need to uh, be open to it.
2: Amen to that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lisa. Appreciate that. Appreciate the uh, the stories there as well. Let's squeeze in a couple more, Father, before we have to say goodbye and get a blessing. Um, so uh, let's go to Bonnie, who's calling in from Oakland, California. Bonnie, welcome to The Inner Life.
7: Oh, hi. Um, I want to—this is a tribute to my goddaughter, Marie Therese, who just died September 18th, so I asked mm. for prayers for her. And she had the eyes to just see who might need something, whether you needed a pair of shoes or just whatever you might need. She would just offer to do that for you. And sometimes it would be, you know, out of the money that she needed for something for herself. But she never seemed to actually ever run out of money was the interesting thing. And she was constantly helping other people. So I just thought, you know, if you have the eyes to see like she did, and I hope I can do like she did in her life.
2: Father, what do you think about that? What do you? What's? Uh, what? What? Uh, you know, there, there,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are people like that. That, um, you know, they they don't have any. I think what it is is like this: if you don't have any needs that you have, you're a rich person. Hmm. And so Saint Josemaria used to say, "Don't create needs for yourself." You hmm. know, there's all these things that you need in order to be happy. Well, then you then you you constantly have, you know, things you got to buy and things you have to do. But if you live a simple life. And you learn to live by the spirit, and find your joy in the simple things that God gives you every day. Well, then suddenly you don't really have a lot of needs. All you need is just something to wear that day and a little food to eat, and then a place to sleep that night. Well, now now you've got a lot of time and material and financial ability to help other people, even if it's just you know a lot of people in a very little way. So I think part of our desire to live charity towards others is just to live spiritual poverty ourselves, that we we do have access for other people. Um, you know, I have a situation right now, if anybody's listening, there's, you know, a lot of Afghan refugees have come to the United States since the fall of Afghanistan. You know, refugees that helped out um, our soldiers when they are over there, you know, would have probably been killed if they would have stayed. And I have a friend of mine who was an Afghan refugee, he's trying to, um, take care of him, and he needs he needs a place to stay. He's a, he suffers from post traumatic stress syndrome, but he's, he's a kind, gentle man, and uh, he just needs a place to stay for a while. Hmm. So, if anybody in the Madison area wants to go on the UW Catholic web page and look for my phone number and give me a call, I'd I'd, I'd appreciate it. So, hmm. Hmm.
2: Anyway. yeah, there's never really a. a, a just a, a lack of need isn't there but it, but there again i mean jesus himself said the poor you will always have with you and it's just an invitation it's um, and that's one of the things i know in my own life is to see these things as invitations father we've only got a couple minutes remaining and i want to make sure and get a blessing in before the end of the show but maybe just a couple of things that we might consider doing to get us started if we haven't really started down that path of giving to the poor what would you suggest
3: Okay, I would start right now by taking a look at your income. And um, what I suggest for people to do is to start a separate account. That's kind of like your um, your account that you use to give money to other people. And just to have a percentage of your salary go right into that account so you don't even see it. And then every six months or so, you know, you'd have a good amount of money that you'd give to people. So, uh, you know, we want to give to our church, obviously, but we can do we can do more than that. I would suggest that to begin with. And then secondly, in your prayer, um, just ask yourself, you know, who are you asking me to take care of, Lord? And um, I know in my own life, our Lord Jesus told me, you know, I want you to take care of this person in particular. And then I just, you know, just pick some person that you're going to try to help out through life. And um, friends with that person, love that
2: person. Yeah. Well, great suggestions, Father. And as always, we'd like to end with a blessing. Could we have your blessing, please?
3: May God may God, through intercession, bless Virgin America and upon all of you listening to this program today. May God, His mercy give you the grace to live a life of prayer, and through their prayer to live a life of charity towards others.
2: And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father Eric Nielsen was our spiritual director today as we talked about outreach to the poor. We have a great nativity set. Just go to relevantradio.com slash nativity to enter to win. And uh, speaking of nativity, we've got the Chapel of the Nativity in Green Bay is where the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is coming up right after this with Father Looney. So stay tuned.